bad news, Riffin Rockers. Due to an unexplained audio glitch while recording, Ryan's audio cuts out near the end of our Kendrick Lamar uh, Untitled Unmastered review. So it's just going to have to fade out. Sorry to disappoint. Uh, we both love the album. That's what you don't get to hear. So you should go out and buy it on CD, pre-order the vinyl. Uh, that shit is glorious. Before we also get started, I want to give a shout out to a wonderful company uh, out of Chicago. Uh, Chris, their host, uh, their owner, was on our uh, show before, uh, Windy Gaming. Windy Gaming is a video game retail store online out of the south side of Chicago um, or south suburbs of Chicago. Fuck it, whatever. Uh, he's awesome. He just helped me sell off all my video games. Uh, he's going into some new original products uh, soon. So you should check them out at WindyGaming.com. Uh, they deserve support. Great small little company that needs all the love. So go go there in a couple months when the new website's up and buy whatever shit he's selling. It's fucking glorious. Back to the show. So, today, we're finally, we we're finally are reviewing some albums. We fucking finally. It's, it's April. We finally got to some albums. His body is cold in the dead ground. And by his, oh, I mean, Jesus. what's his name? Um, um, Osama bin Laden. And, 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 and Anton Scalia. Yeah, the... Fucking finally, they're both dead at once. So now it's time for us to, you know, to get weird with it. <laughs> to talk about some albums. That's that's good. That's reassuring. <laughs> oh, boy. Hi, but, hi, Riffin' Rockland. It's been a while. It certainly has been a while. Since we could hold our head up high. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of great albums, like Bloodhound Gang's Hard Off. Stop talking about Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> no. We all get it. They're great. They're going to live forever in the annals of history, but at the same time, we, we just have to stop. I apologize. I've been listening to a lot of jazz recently. I've been trying to, you know, finally step up my sophistication game. Okay, so you've been listening to some Sonny Rollins, some Cannonball Adderley, like Chet Baker. What have you been listening to? Ooh, uh, a lot of Dave Brubick. Oh, I love Dave Brub. The Brubes, I like yeah, to call him. He, As he, he's, he, I've spoken with him many times, and he prefers to be called the Brubes. No, he, he's dead, too. Uh, actually, I don't think he is. No, he is. You he sure di- about that? He died a couple years ago. He was like a million years old. He doesn't believe me, folks. Um, oh, yeah, he died in 2012. Yeah, so when I met him in 2010, he begged me to call him <laughs> the Broobs. <laughs> right? Call me the Broobs. Yeah. So you've been listening to a lot of Take 5, the whole Time Out album, I, uh, I assume. Yeah, that that album is fantastic. And just some of his piano solo piano work where he's just kind of pianoing along. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Indian Summer, that was it. Oh yeah, um, and then just 
finally wrapping my head around the the, the, the Colt train. You know, finally. Oh, you hop. You're hopping on the Colt train. I'm finally hopping on it. I would, you know. Choo choo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. But I think the album that struck me the most was the uh, the Hamburger Helper album that dropped a couple days ago. Oh my god! That what shit. a profound album. Watch the stove. That shit was fire. <laughs> with it, with it, with it. <laughs> it's the. I think that was the best April Fools' release of all time. It's just like I'm just so baffled that it was so well done. Yeah, they put effort into it. Yeah. <laughs> And bravo! I'm I'm clapping for them. That was better than every Drake album I've heard. Oh, by far. But I'm sad they wouldn't let you download it. Like I want to download this e- this Watch the Stove EP. I don't want to just Wait, stream, stream it on the SoundCloud. Really? You couldn't just download it? I looked, unless I missed it. Oh, that's interesting. That's I, messed up. Because you know I'm in love with the glove. And yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Waiting for the record store day vinyl to drop. <laughs> I'd pay. I'd pay upwards of twenty dollars for that. <laughs> I I would pay more. I really want to see the entire Hamburger Helper executive and marketing team perform this on stage. Oh, that'd be great at their. Because you can't have two people on stage at the corporate you have to retreat. Have the whole crew. Yep. The corporate retreat over at Martha's Vineyard. They do a great corporate retreat, I hear. Yeah, definitely. The whole Nabisco squad. They get up there. Shit gets a little crazy after dark, though. Just a little. Just a tad. And the Nabisco, they, they call up Cisco. And then he does uh, Nabisco-themed versions of his songs. For example... Wait, so Cisco songs that are also Hamburger Helper related? Or just Nabisco related. Mm. Is Hamburger Helper owned by Nabisco? Is this a Nabisco umbrella shell company? Well, now we have to look into it. That is uh, the bank the bank of which, or the finances of which are somewhere in an offshore account in Panama. It is a Betty Crocker. Oh, it's General Mills. Ge- Ge- General, General Mills. General Mills. <laughs> What have you been listening to? Um, so I've been listening to a lot of new music. Um, Iggy Pop's new album, Post Pop Depression, phenomenal. It's You take Iggy Pop and Queens of the Stone Age and you've got something beautiful. Um, add on to that uh, a little bit of jazz that I've also been delving into. Um, Esperanza Spaulding just came out with a new album that I've been listening to. It's fantastic. It's like a... Joni uh, Mitchell album mixed with Weather Report, so it's huh. real, real funk jazz, and she sings really well. It's very fusiony. It is very fusiony, and then of course I've been listening to the late great um, ODB. I, I finally listened to his album uh, Ninja Please, and it's uh, it's really good. That's we never heard that album before. Uh, I never like sat down and listened to it from beginning to end, <laughs> but I've listened to it so far in the last like two three weeks. I've listened to it at least twice. That's hilarious. Surprised yeah. you hadn't listened to it yet. I'm surprised too, because you know, Return to the Thirty Six Chambers is just so 
So good. And then there's so, uh, A Sun Unique, which was the unfinished album that still somehow got released. <laughs> That's not great, but, you know, if you're just a, if you're an ODB completionist, you gotta... Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You know, that's how the, that's how the shit works. Didn't somebody else come out with a new album, even though they've been dead for a while? I mean, ah, who was it? Iggy Pop kind of looks dead. I just assume it's a zombie at this point. <laughs> Rude. First off, he's the last great rock and roll artist left alive. What um, about... Uh... Nope. They're, they're all dead. Yeah, they're all dead except for Iggy Pop. And he essentially, I think he's touring a little bit and then he's retiring, which is horrible because his music is it's great. He's good. He does. He has a powerful style and he innovated many things. He really did. And his work with David Bowie was so good during the Berlin era. Absolutely. The whole The Passenger album. Or uh, Lust for Life is perfect in every way. So do we want to talk about some stuff we listened to a while ago now? David Bowie's Black Star. Finally getting around to it. He became one with the force. He did. He uh, was absorbed into the into the midichlorians. Yep. And now he he's. Yeah. <laughs> Shine on you, goddamn brilliant diamond. Uh, God damn it! Why did he have to go? Um, because he he uh. He he had done it. He had he had to go now. His planet needed him. Ah uh, yes, of course. And then he died on his way back to his home planet. Oh. R.I.P. Poochie. <laughs> so Black Star, it <laughs> is the farewell. It's part two of the farewell letter that 
he wrote for us. What was the first part? The first part was the next day when he first found out he was sick. Was that really the case? Uh huh. I didn't think he realized he. I didn't think he knew he was sick at that point. Yeah, he 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 had been like fighting it, but it wasn't like bad. Uh-huh. And then it got bad, and then he made Black Star. Yeah, Black Star. Jesus Christ, this album is. I mean, a lot's already been written. A lot's already been said. People have absorbed it, but she, oh my God, this album is dense. It's a very heavy. What is it? Seven songs, and it just that that uh, opening track, just the the self titled track, uh, nearly ten minutes is just unlike anything he's ever done. Yep, and it dropped, and like I think at that point, no one really knew what was going on, or like a very very few people knew that he was like dying, that he was going to probably be dead soon. Yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? And like, and if he tours, how the hell is he gonna play it live? And like, what what the hell? Like, this is just so crazy. And like, you just start writing, and then like the whole album comes out, and you're like trying to dissect everything. You're like, this is just like the weirdest Bowie album. And then he dies, like a day or two later, and then all of a sudden you're going, oh man, it's all like it was all set. It was all a setup. Yeah, dying, dying forty eight hours after releasing the album. Yeah, that's just not even. Like, how do you scheme that? Crafty bastard. Yeah, but it's only... So, Black Star is David Bowie's, what, 23rd album? It's, yeah. There's many Um, of them. Yeah, so it's seven songs long, 41 minutes total in length. And it is just sad, sad music. Like, not even just the title track, which is also the opening track, Black Star, which is just under 10 minutes of just sad space alien death rows. <laughs> it's it's the sound you hear when the, the Grim Reaper is just around the corner. Yeah, it's just the, 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 the harbinger of doom. And I love, love the saxophone on this album. It was so appropriate because the saxophone is a sad instrument well Bowie unlike other pop artists he just had some weird hard on for the saxophone saxophone in a lot of his work mm-hmm. and him and uh, Bruce Banner Springsteen? Bruce Springsteen yeah Bruce Banner I think played saxophone too <laughs> that, that, that guy, that's Iron Man right Bruce Banner yeah okay he would play saxophone through the helmet he put the saxophone up to the helmet and be like doo 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 because he's not really good at the saxophone but he sure loves it oh yeah Can you imagine him on top of a, a, a banner tower and he's just like yeah that's how uh, avengers 3 is gonna start and end and then the, <laughs> the middle is him getting interrupted <laughs> during his solo. It's like, what is this? You space monster, you? I'm going to call on the depend- the, the, the dependents. Yes, the, the dependents. And the, the, the dependents are going to swarm, and they're going to defeat the space monster. And then Iron Man, uh, yeah, Iron Man, Bruce Banner's going to be like, all right. Boop, 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 boop. And credits. And then the yeah. entire Marvel universe is just going to be uh, rebooted. Yep, yeah, because of his beautiful notes. 
But the beautiful notes in Black Star are also very, very touching. And I believe anyone can, like, really... It's really accessible at the same time horrendously inaccessible by being fucking weird. Yeah, that opening track just is so uh, abrasive. And you got got Mark Giuliani, who's a fantastic drummer. If you've never heard any of his other work, just go search him on the internets. Uh... You know, get on Ask Jeeves and pull up Mark Giuliani, and he's just this amazing uh, jazz and rock drummer. And so he was tapped in to do the drumming here. And so he does, like, that really, like, erratic work on this title track that makes the beat just feel so off-kilter. Yeah, it was it was very weird. And it, it, it made, I don't know, it just was uncomfortable, the drums. Yep. But then the saxophone and David's sweet, sweet voice brought you back. And his voice, the whole album sounds just so strained and weakened and... Like a man dying of lung cancer. I thought it was liver. Liver cancer. But um, the second song of the album, Tis a Pity She Was a Whore, was very... It, it was... It was a little... It was a little different. <laughs> the, that bass groove to me is just so cool. Yeah, definitely. And it reminded me a lot of his last album, The Next Day. Yeah. Like, it felt like a... Uh, kind of like a B-side from that, from that album. But it was the same people involved in both albums, right? No, there was different different uh, groups of people, I'm pretty uh, certain. Uh, okay. I know, like, I know Tony Levin was on uh, Next Day and uh, some guy who, who played... Tim... Tim Lef... Lef... V- Lefevre? Lefevre was on bass this time. It it was totally different. It looks like totally different groups of people. Okay. But yeah, it was. It's a very interesting song, Tis a Pity Issues Horror, but it was a lot more uh, interesting. It it had a. uh, It was more groovy. It was like groove based, essentially. Yeah. And then, you know, it really was a pity. She was a whore. It was. But then, right after that song, you got the weird shit again with Lazarus. Which is the very on-the-nose, I am dying song, once you yes. figured it out. Absolutely. And... It, Though I think, I think one of the, 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 more, the more straightforward actual songs, like with verses and choruses, where a lot of these songs don't even really have that, it's just sort of like, uh, here's a part, and here's a part, and here's a part, and it all just kind of glues together. Yeah. And I, I really like Lazarus. I, I think that's my favorite song of this album. Because it's... I think it just makes me cry. <laughs> but it's uh, like... it. I don't know. It's, it's very thematic of, you know, the whole concept of the album. And then the, there's the last three songs, which, you know, I don't really remember very well. <laughs> you don't remember the rest of the songs? Uh, they're, they're, they didn't, you know, stick with me for... Oh. This, I, this, this album is burnt into my brain. Like, I remember Dollar Days was just like a, a David Bowie song. Yeah, that was one of the more... <laughs> that was songs. it. S- Sue or in a season of crime was that it had like that uh, like almost like breakbeat kind of style going. 
Yeah, it was very. It's that song reminded me of uh, the Mars Volta. I could buy it. Like it had that weird time signature. It had that that grungy kind of guitar going on. And then, who's the name? What's the name of the uh, that drummer? Uh, Mark Giuliani. Yeah. So like, he sounds just like um, drummer from Mars Volta, the one the the one that peed on everybody. Oh no, he doesn't sound anything like. Thomas Pridgen. Which which one of the drummers does he sound like then? Is it the De- first drummer? No, he, well, he sounds a lot like DeAnthony Parks, which was the last drummer. Yeah. The, he sounds like one of their drummers. <laughs> That's very, very snare-heavy. Uh, well, John Theodore was snare-heavy, but he did it like a, like a very uh, groove-based work, kind of very Bonham style, where DeAnthony had this this sort of like rigid kind of uh, off-kilter vibe, which is I, I pull a similar vibe from Giuliani. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so Giuliani tried to turn David Bowie into the Mars Volta for at least one song. <laughs> and then Girl Loves Me is that uh, sort of that slow plotting one where David Bowie keeps wondering what the fuck happened to Monday or where did Monday go? Yeah, I think Girl Loves Me, Dollar Days, and I Can't Give Everything Away were like, you're really going to miss me. Yeah, that I can't give everything away as Bowie just sort of floating off. He's like, that's it, guys. I'm really dead now. Goodbye. Yeah. But I have to... You know what? No, no. Well, I'll, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. No, no. Tell us. No, it's, it'll, it'll, help make the, it'll help connect things if I explain it later. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I truly believe that um, even though this album is, dare I say, a major bummer, that everyone should listen to it. It's it's the perfect, you know, um, you know when you're writing, what do you call uh, like commas and exclamation points? It's the perfect punctuation mark to David's long, long successful career. It is. It's a sad fucking album. It, there is no. There's really no joy in it. Um, and it really makes up for the shit he released in the '90s. There was, you know, some of his '90s shit wasn't all mm. bad. Like, uh. it, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me. I have there. There is a str- There's like a like after Scary Monsters. That's when I think he got less dance with shit. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, uh, never let me down is shit. Wait, uh, didn't Let's Dance have fame on it? Or am I thinking of Young Americans? Yeah, I'm thinking of Young Americans. Yeah. It has, I mean, it has Let's Dance, which is, you know, it's an okay song. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Outside, which is the David Bowie, Brian Eno album, is like, but Eno came back. It's it's not bad. It is bad. So is Earthling. You don't like Earthling? No. Oh, Earthling, I think, is just... It's just a totally insane album. I mean, there's I'm Afraid of Americans. That that song, this whole album is uh, a Nine Inch Nails album. (laughs) He just went, I want to make make a better Nine Inch Nails album. And they went, all right, I did it. And then he toured with Nine Inch Nails. And then what's, oh, Ours, which is embarrassing when he had that ugly black hair. Oh, okay, that, that one... That one wasn't very good. But no, uh, Earthling is great. Heathen is great. Well, Heathen was in the 2000s, so just kidding. Heathen was great. 
and then Reality, which was the last album he had done before Next Day came out, was it's got a great ending song, Bring Me the Disco King, which would have been like a great uh a great as you put it, punctuation mark on on his career. <laughs> but Oh, he did Picasso, baby. <laughs> Picasso, baby. You need to re-listen to Earthling. Earthling is a he's totally bonkers. It's okay, just, it's just I'll, like I'll it's just nineties break uh, dance music with him just kind of like <laughs> trolling over it. He's got parachute pants on the cover. That can't be a good sign. It's not parachute pants. It's uh, those are goddamn parachute. No, because he wore that coat on stage, and you can then you tell it's not parachute pants. He played. Uh, he toured with. Uh, like I said, he toured Nine Inch Nails. They did a great version of Scary Monsters and Super Creeps, mm. which is the last great Bowie album before the 80s happened. Coincidentally, it came out in 1980. That was the last album he had with uh, Fripp, and and he just didn't... He was like, oh, Robert, just do whatever you want, and he just did whatever he wanted. A lot of cocaine. Uh, they did a... Yeah, yeah. David Bowie sure loved his cocaine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, getting back to oh sorry. Uh, you oh ahead. yeah, and black tie white noise was really not good. Oh yeah, N- don't listen to don't listen to that album. But Earthling is great. I'm going to defend Earthling to the end. All right, and I will attack Earthling to the end. <laughs> anyway, I think that all of our listeners should heavily, heavily invest in the 41 minutes. Actually, you know what? 82 minutes, because you're going to listen to it twice, of Black Star. It is... Yeah, it's appropriate. I, I haven't listened to a better album yet this year. I thought it was just pretty much darn near perfect, if not... I mean, yes, horribly depressing, but just as a piece of art and what it represents and the and everything about it, I think it's just unbelievably flawless. I agree. But, all right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, if you're at your computers, folks, if you're listening to us on your computers, if you're driving, don't don't follow along. Now we're gonna pull up Bowie's other album, Ziggy, the Ziggy Stardust album. All right, yeah. all right. You, you pull up that you pull up that album cover. Yeah. What does the sign say about Bowie's head? It says K West. Now, Bowie said that someone's gonna come and declare that they are the ba- the Black Star, right? Yes. What's over Bowie's head in the Ziggy Stardust album? K-West. Are you connecting the dots? <laughs> yes. Do you know Bowie created... He Kanye. went back in time. He went back in time. He went back... All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need. I need to verify Kanye West's birth... West Kanye... Kanye... Kanye, Kanye. was born a few years after... Like, at Bowie least a decade it, Bowie after. had it... No, five... He was born in 77. Kanye was born in 77. Five years after Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust... Bowie had not perfected his uh, his science yet. He had not perfected, uh, you know, making uh, cryogenically creating or genetically creating super artists. And he's like, "But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna because he's British. Like, I'm gonna do it. Um, you're gonna watch me. It's gonna be great." That's that's the sound of Bowie. Um, so he and so the sound the album low 1977. What year was Kanye born? 1977. What's the sign over Bowie's head and Ziggy Stardust? Ryan K West. K West. Low comes out. Low and he's like, oh shit, what did I do? I made I made something. I made a monster. And so he makes Low, which is just the sounds of his lab gone, his lab experiment gone horridly wrong. 
Then Bowie dies and declares the black star is gonna rise. Two months later, Kanye West's Life of Pablo. Oh my god. But Bowie created Kanye. Oh my god. And Life of Pablo, fucking fantastic. And so so Bowie predicted that Kanye is the black star. Yeah. And Kanye worked with a hip-hop group called Black Star that was comprised of Talib Kweli and Mos Def. Uh, Did you really? Hello. Yeah. Oh, this this shit just blown right wide open. Yup. Yup. Wake up, sheeple. This is real. Oh, I I need to call up. I have to call up news. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Call the news. Hello, news. Hello, news. Yes. Hello. I got I got something to tell you. Yes. But hold on, I'm recording a podcast. I'm gonna call you right back. Okay, thank you. All right. I actually picked up my phone. I don't know why this Did you listen to this album? This album is totally insane. <laughs> yeah. Is it <laughs> insane or is it brilliant? I adored it. I adored every minute of its ir- irrationalness. But yeah. his album is... If if uh, Yeezus was sort of like him kind of coming out of his commercial shell to start just doing whatever he wants, this was just like... Kanye totally unhinged. Yeah, this is Kanye at four o'clock in the morning after drinking seven cups of coffee of the finest Colombian coffee. Oh, I was thinking he was all night drinking the scissorup. Oh yeah, of course. Drinking the scissorup. Um he just ate an entire box of unfrosted strawberry pop tarts. He's on a sugar high, he is on an actual high. He's on a caffeine rush high, and he just has Serato loaded up that was illegally sourced, and he just went to work. This is a god dream. This is everything. This is everything. Deliver us serenity. Deliver us peace. Deliver us love when we know we need it. You know we need it. You know we need it. And so one thing I noticed, I'm not sure if you noticed this as well, Alex, but the release 
like the final release that he uh, put out on Tidal and Apple Music the second are time different dropped it. from what we listened to. I Did you re- listen to the new one? I didn't listen to the new one. Okay, so um, he didn't really change too many of the songs. Uh, the biggest change was that uh, Frank Ocean's verse on one of the songs, he just gave it its own track. Oh. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. I imagine some probably some minor musical tweaks here and there. Yeah. It still has that weird, like, I recorded this in my basement kind of sound to it, but yeah. it's still... It's still perfect. Like, Rihanna's uh, section in... What was that? Was it Famous that she was on? I thought it was either Low Lights or... Hold on. I thought it might have been, like, Low Lights or Highlights or... I also no, love- it was Famous. Famous is a fantastic fucking song. He he made Taylor Swift famous. He did. <laughs> Which I thought was just fucking hilarious that he's like, yep, and uh, I'm just going to declare this. He bridged the gap that she, that she was faced with between country and pop. Kanye just slid right in, slid right into the DM, and he he changed her life. He's just so fucking funny. I know, right? This but, album was just like you just start off with ultra the uh, ultra light beam, and it just got this totally uh, off kilter uh, beat, and it just so chunky sounding and just drunk. Like it just sounds drunk. It really and, does. Yeah. And he's just kind of like. Ramble. He's doing like the sort of like that sort of typical Kanye just stream of consciousness, conscious style rapping where half the time you'll hear something and you're like, "What did he just say?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I just said that." <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. Um, although I did notice that uh, in the new, in the actual version, like release, he got rid of. Uh, I missed the old Kanye. He got rid of it. I oh wait, there it is. I love Kanye. Never mind. It used to be called I Miss the Old Kanye, right? No, no, I think it was always called just I Love Kanye. Okay, well, either way, I Miss the Old Kanye. Well, he also uh, apparently changed the name of Silver Surfer Intermission to Silver Surfer Intermission. (laughs) Yeah. Which... (laughs) But this album is a complete different... Like, it's just a U-turn away from... Um, Yeezus, like where it was like real, real fucking heavy with uh, like Daft Punk making those beats of just like like the, you know, the bird noise. And it's, it's just, it's a mishmash of just, it's, it's the best mixtape I've ever heard. The best mixtape you've ever heard. Yeah, it's, it's a mixtape, essentially. This isn't a full. This is not a full album. This is a full. This is a. Even though it is, it's is just a, a mixtape. It's a concept album. I don't know what the concept is. Well, there's Pablo, and he lives, <laughs> and this is his life. <laughs> I um, it, it's like there, it, there's this. You, like I'm sure his older. Al- I mean, I looked at the credits, and yeah, the credits. Like each song has like twelve writers on them. It mm. looks like, as 
often these albums do. But there's a sense of like him being isolated from other ideas and recommendations. And this is just like whatever bizarreness that just comes off the top of his head. He's just like, nope, this is this is what we're going to do. And it's so like it's like purposeful almost like purposely not commercial it's purposely not pretty sounding it's like he just decided like oh fuck it i'm gonna just do whatever i'm i want to do and with no regard for the consequences that are that follow through yeah that's what he's based his entire career on which but it's hilarious because like the rest of his career has caught has gotten countless accolades and then this album for the most part kind of got shat on because well now apparently it's not okay for him to do whatever he wants but i'm just like this is yes it's bonkers but i think it works so it's so well because it's conceptually it's it uh it's it, I think it's it's brilliant. It's very sparse. It's very uh, um, it, it is kind of depressing, kind of like Black Star is. Not in the same way, but because Kanye is not dead, uh, he can't he can't die because Bowie has entrusted the future to him. And uh, it's just oh god, I don't I don't even know where to begin on this one. Well, I mean, it's <sighs> I love this album. I loved every single minute of it because you'd never know what was going to happen next. And when it happened, it was like, oh, okay, this is where we're at now. This is, yep, this is it. <laughs> this, is, this is what's going on. Um, and like, okay, No More Parties in LA well, is that, one of the best songs of 2016. That was the, well, so here's the funny thing is that up to track 15. That feels like one album from Ultralight Beam or from Ultralight Beam to what would now be track 16, 30 hours. Mm-hmm. That's one album. Then Kanye, then the, the sense I get, it's like all of a sudden he goes, I should probably put some pop songs on here. <laughs> and then we have a three song, uh, three song EP glued at the end of No More Parties, Facts, and Fade, where all of a sudden it's like these are songs pulled from like graduation or college dropout. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what it felt like. I completely agree, and it works. It does. Because you get down to 30 hours, I was like, oh, that was such a good end. I'm like, oh, there's still more songs. And also, you're like, oh, he just kind of went, oh, JK, guys, I could still make... Like, it was kind of his way of almost, like, just so you know, I could still make a fucking sick, you know, party on the dance floor rap song. Do not doubt that for a moment. Nope, and also, don't forget, I'm also friends with Kendrick. Oh yeah, Kendrick's. That was on No More Parties, right? Kendrick's yeah. Verse. Oh geez, that was. It was mostly a Kendrick song. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> kind of like Watch the Throne was primarily a Kanye West song that Jay Z or album that Jay Z just kind of barged <laughs> in on. We're <laughs> almost here, and Kanye's like, "Ah, oh, all right, fine. You can you can pop in Jay Z." <laughs> Shaboy, Rockefeller. Yeah. Because he desperately wanted us to forget that he made that album with Linkin Park. Oh, that's right. I had forgotten. I've been thinking about that nonstop for the last week. Are you just trying to wrap your head around it? Yeah, I'm like, I know they made the one song, but what the (laughs) fuck did they do with the rest of the album? (laughs) Did it ever get released? No, it definitely got released. It was like 2004. 
Jay-Z was at his low point. Linkin Park was at its high point. Yeah, it's true. The, the, thank God they switched. He had retired at that point. Like, yeah. Black Album had come out. He declared he was done. And so what? He was just like, oh, just, I'm just fucking around, guys. Just whatever. He's like, I'm in my early 30s. Linkin Park's popping. I'll be just take their existing music and my existing music and mix the two. The Collision Course EP. Oh, so it's not, it's only like six songs. That's that's not as depressing. That's still pretty. And then some brilliant person uh, created JDO Head. Oh my god, I love JDO Head. Both those albums are great. Yes. As well as the Grey album. That one was really... Oh man, that was really good too. I just listened to that one recently. Thank you, Danger Mouse, for making that album. Though, I mean, like, half the time you couldn't even tell they were Beatles songs. He was just, like, mashing the living fuck out of them. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's great. It made the Beatles tolerable for once. Aww, the Beatles are good. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. I mean, they're not, like, Bowie good. I mean, yeah. Bo- you might say that Bowie had a better 80s than John Lennon had, but... hey That was a deep burn. So should people purchase, listen to Pablo's life? Yes. Um, if you haven't already uh, gotten your title demo, now is the time to get it. <laughs> it's finally worthwhile. Or since it's on Spotify and Apple Music now, you can also do those. Apparently, Kanye, uh, not Kanye, Jay-Z is suing the people that sold title to him because he was under the impression that they had more subscribers. Yep. He's like, hey, this company isn't worth as much as I spent on it. And people are like, yeah, that's how buying shit works. He was convinced that uh, he had made a good investment. And um, here's a funny story. He he did not. (laughs) No, he didn't. I He's still gonna, don't even know what title is. It's it's Spotify. Yeah, but it's not free. Spotify. Well, Spotify only. Spotify's free version. You there's commercials and you got a the audio quality sucks. And yeah, but it's uh, still free. Y- yeah, but it's then a I, step up from YouTube. I don't know. On YouTube, I can find a studio version of Sledgehammer. On Spotify, there's no studio version of Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. There's yeah, also but no... you should already own a copy of Sledgehammer, you uh, asshole. Well, I, I... Thank God I do, otherwise the whole party yesterday would have been ruined. You had a party yesterday and you didn't invite me? I was at a party yesterday. And I was Saved helping run music. <laughs> no, I couldn't, because I didn't have my goddamn computer, and the computer that we were using Spotify didn't fucking have a studio version of Sledgehammer. And I'm not going to play a fucking live version of Sledgehammer at a party. That's insane. That's- <laughs> it's just mostly clapping. <laughs> you guys want to hear a song? Well, it's like really echoes like, like oh, fuck shit's impossible that's great yeah, and there's no prints on any of those services well yeah but you should already have prints backed up to your mobile device 
in case of an emergency. Yeah, but I, like, I fucking hate being like, oh, thank God I have my Prince contingency plan. Yeah, well, you should. Guys, don't worry, I brought my Sign of the Times CD. We're and you know what? Peter Gabriel's not even on goddamn title. What's wrong with you? I'm not saying title. Prince isn't on any of those services. I don't think Zeppelin is either. No, Prince is on title, and only title. Well, there you go. Title wins. <laughs> you fuck that. Because, uh... F- f- the main squeeze is on Spotify. Yeah, they have been for a while. Okay. I think I'm their only follower. No, they have. They have a good following now. Oh, good. There is a, I saw them live last weekend. A lot of people there. A lot good. of people there. You guys should all listen to the main squeeze. Next time on Riffin' Rock Music Talk. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree. Well, I would say this is a very abrasive album. Yeah, very. but is it as abrasive as Yeezus? I'd say more so. Yeezus, Yeezus you kind of know what you're getting into. By like by track two, it's like, all right, I kind of understand what's going to happen here. Yeah. Life of Pablo, every, chat, every track is different and just so... It's such a wild diversion compared to the track before it that like you were there's never a sense that you kind of that you ever feel like you understand what's going to happen next it's like you're stuck in a labyrinth basically and the 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 uh 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 elf version of kanye is always one turn ahead of you and you're like i'm gonna get that kanye and then you turn and you're like fuck it's a dead end where'd the kanye elf go and then he's behind you like i miss the old kanye straight from the goal kanye and you're like fuck i gotta get him and then he just, he just keeps saying that over and over. I was at a club last night, and they just like they played just the first two lines from "I Love Kanye" over and over and over again for oh, like no. thirty, like a good like thirty to sixty seconds. And I'm like, you, there's, and then it stopped. And I'm like, why did you just play the whole song? No, they just like, loop the the one part. And I'm like, they also played Fifty Cents in the club, but it was Fifty Cents lyrics over "Closer" by Nine Inch Nails. Oh no, that sounds horrible. It it kind of worked, but uh, there was someone with us in, in this little entourage that uh, was a big Nine Inch Nails fan, and so like he wanted to listen to Nine Inch Nails. We were at the house before we went to the club, and it didn't happen. And I was I went up to him like they're playing Nine Inch Nails now, and he just looked at me. He's like, "That's sad." <laughs> That's really sad. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> So, we, I, I really want people to listen to this album. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. So, 100% listen to Life of Pablo. It's got the R&R approved seal sticker on it. That's all you guys need to know. Next up. Oh yeah, of course, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, how would you not know? I was like, I was just thinking of the out al- the uh, the album art. I'm like, wait, it's just gray. There's nothing telling on it. Oh no, <laughs> just sort of a barf colored square 
with a parental advisory sticker on it. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. Someone's like, all right, just someone throw up and throw this sticker on it. All right, cool. Fucking nailed it. So the third album we listened to to entertain you plebeians was the... It wasn't it wasn't announced, it was just dropped. It was a the album called Untitled Unmastered by Kaminga. Oh, you want me to touch it right there? Oh like a little lamb. Playing your hair. <laughs> Oh, you want it? Oh, you want it right now? Like that? <laughs> I got you, baby. Kendrick Lamar. Exactly. So, fresh off the the steamboat of his success that was to pimp a butterfly, he took some of the B sides uh, from that album. He he didn't master them, and he did not title them, but. In fact, he wasn't even thinking about releasing them until LeBron James said, Hey, man, I think you should really uh, release this album. I think people would really enjoy it. I, is, is this an actual s- story? Yeah, LeBron James did convince Kendrick Lamar to release these songs. That is hilarious. Yeah. But these were, if I'm not mistaken, these are uh, l- these leftovers from Butterfly Pimping. Or Pimp, Pimp, yeah. Pimp My Butterfly, starring Ludic- uh, not Ludacris. Exhibit. Exhibit, thank you. Yes, that is correct. So they're, yeah. Oh, I guess they wouldn't even be called B sides then. But yeah, they're they're left out. But there's eight songs that are in on this album. Uh, it comes in at 34 minutes, so technically it's a full length LP. <laughs> technically. Technically. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really confusing on how to. Uh, I guess give these titles. They're they're all untitled with a number, and then well, a completely irrelevant date. Well, I'm assuming the date is when it was conceived or recorded. Well, some of them, one of them uh, has like an has like a range of dates, but the others are all one date. Yeah, but there was one that was listed as 2014, where he was talking about something that definitely happened. Well, recently, Bowie traveled back. At the Black Star, uh, Ghost Bowie traveled back. And he went, Kanye's the Black Star, but you will be the second Black Star. And by the way, in 2015, this will happen. Share <laughs> will hate Donald Trump. Do not bet on uh, Jeb Bush making it to the general election. He will burn out surprisingly quickly. He will beg people to clap for him. Please clap. Please, please clap. Please clap. <laughs> so, Alex, what is your impression of Untitled and Mastered? I am cracking up because... Well, number one, it's extremely frustrating when artists release albums like this because I can't fucking remember for the life of me what each song is. <laughs> I'm like, was that Untitled 2 or 5? Ah, fuck. Um, yeah. But this album is amazing because this is this is Kendrick's leftovers. 
this is the 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 dustbin of like the stuff he's like this is just not good enough for what was 2015's album of the year to pimp a butterfly this is just despite what the grammys think fuck you grammys um this is this is just not quite good enough i'm gonna not include these releases and then he and then apparently lebron james goes i'm never gonna be as good as michael jordan was but you should release these songs and Kendrick goes, I agree, you will never be as good as 90s Michael Jordan, but I, you're right, I'm going to release these songs. And uh, somehow he still puts out an album that's significantly better than a lot of things I've, I've heard so far this year. And then all the listeners said, Pimp Pimp, hooray! Which is the, um, you know, the, the, the gathering cheer heard throughout the entire album. Pimp Pimp, hooray! Um, yeah, so the, the, there were a lot of really, really good songs on this album. I can think of three off the bat, but there were some songs where it was good at point. It sounded like there were a few of them were, that were like two or three songs put together and it was like, oh, this part's really good. Oh, this part really sucks. Oh, this part's great again. Like untitled number seven. Oh, oh man, that was my favorite track. But yeah, it does. It has him just kind of like dicking around the studio. Yeah, like the first like quarter of it is completely different, uh-huh. and then it's him rapping over that like guitar like yep. uh, sample, which is which what, was so good. But that was from uh, Untitled Three or Untitled Four. Is he's he's uh, talking about? Oh, I'm going to do this, and then that was something that happened in an earlier song. Oh, what? Yeah. Did I not even notice that? I didn't notice. I, I like listened to it, and then I I was listening to the album a second time. I'm like, wait, this shit sounds familiar. And then I went back. I'm like, ah, what the hell? Now I'm looking for it. I, it's somewhere in one of the other songs. That part was like. You, you. You, but that first quarter of Untitled Seven, uh, whatever that char- that character is, uh, mm-hmm. 2014 to 2016, that the the levitate part, ah, uh, it's just so gross and beautiful. Yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan of that first part, but yeah. Uh, and then was it track six has got some aggressive Thundercat style bass on oh, it? Oh yeah, mm, so good. Oh, it's 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 tasty. And who's the drummer? That is a uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out. Hold on, everyone. Yeah, but I really love the the sound of of number six. But the one thing, the one thing I fucking hated about that song was goddamn CeeLo ruining everything. Where was CeeLo? He was singing all throughout song number six. I don't know how I missed that. It's really hard to miss because it's him singing. It's Kendrick and CeeLo. Yeah, I, pull it up if you can. Just give it a quick listen. Well, I also I love that. Uh, I guess it helps that uh, he didn't include CeeLo in the final album. Yeah, it's very. I'm very grateful that he kicked his ass off that. Um, album. Joe Baldacci did the drums on track one. 
Then someone named Soundwave, not Sound with a D wave, but Sound with no D wave, was the drums on five. Oh, okay. And that's all that's. Oh, and no, yeah, that's all that's listed. Hold on, I'm, hold on, I'm listening to this. Yeah, let's sort of see. Praise the Lord. You teach the kids how to be themselves and play. 